clubs face off at the stadium, and there's a World Cup to look forward to on this week's Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Welsh coach Warren Gatlin names his World Cup training squad and plans for the warm-up games. I feel like we've got a lot of depth at the moment with 18 players who've had World Cup experience in the squad, and so might not be so much mix and matching in terms of the warm-up games. Dragons beat the Scarlets to get their first Judgment Day win. Try scoring second row Matthew Screech says they went back to basics. Boys are like really deep and work really hard for each other. Proper, you know, the old Dragons man feels dogged sort of performance over again. A former Wales backer Andy Powell helps hometown club Brecon to taste success at the Principality Stadium. I think this is right up there with getting my first cap and playing for the Lions and beating you know, New Zealand for the Barbarians, so it's right up there. That's quite a statement. So we'll hear from finals day and judgment day. But first, it was the World Cup training squad day this week. With Wales coach Warren Gatland, it's heavily based on the squad which delivered a grand slam with uncapped blues pair prop Reese Carey and wing Owen Lane included. Owen's he's impressed us during the season. He's been unlucky with injuries couple other campaigns. Um, she might have made one of the other squads. Yeah, unfortunately, he's picked up an injury in, in the weekend as well. It's going to keep him out for a while. And with Reese, um, he's been part of our succession plan. We've had a couple other players on the succession plan, and um, you know, particularly with front rowers, you know, we're probably looking at nine front rowers for um, the World Cup. We've only picked three hookers at this stage, um, and four tight heads and four loose heads, just to make sure that you know if we do pick up an injury that we've been working with someone else to cover that. One of the reasons that we've picked a squad of that number is to you know potentially give everyone an opportunity and we've got three warm-up games before we name the squad before the the last game against Ireland before we travel out so um, we're in a, in a different place at the moment where uh, looking at uh, the World Cup in 2015 we were looking at building depth. We feel like we've got a lot of depth at the moment with 18 players who've had World Cup experience in the squad and so it's a matter of planning what we're going to do. So you know it might not be so much mix and matching in terms of the warm-up games. Probably if I look at uh, the games in the World Cup we'll probably go fully loaded against Georgia, fully loaded against Australia and the same with Fiji. So, the changes that we'd make potentially in the World Cup will come in the last game against Uruguay. So, you know, we may need to replicate a little bit of that with the warm-up game. So it might not be making too many changes and it might mean that some players might not get quite the same opportunities as they may have had in the past. Well, can you give an update on some of the guys who aren't here? Ellis Jenkins, uh, Thomas Young. I mean, Ellis, is, he's got a long-term injury. Thomas is injured as well. Uh, we've picked players in the squad who haven't played or are coming back from injury as well with Shingler and, and James Davis as well. I, I think it was us trying to get a balance between not having too many players that hadn't had a lot of rugby and at the moment uh, I've left a message with Alice in, in terms of saying that because he's not in the squad at the moment we'll look at his progress over the, the next uh, number of weeks you know, to see you know, whether you know, someone like himself or Thomas or someone else is added to the squad. You know that the moment it's it's not the ideal situation to bring a number of injured players into a squad because that does put the pressure on your medical staff you know having to deal with 43 players is already a challenge for a medical team and then having full-time injured players makes it a challenge as well so we'll keep an eye on where those players are and, and progress them. In terms of English-based players Warren do you anticipate any difficulties in getting all your players available for when you want them? 
my understanding is that they are available. Yeah, I understand that conversations are already taking place, and you know we've kind of, uh, from the people that I've spoken to, having been a part of those conversations, have assured me that um, we will have full release for our players. The World Cup is obviously the forefront of your mind, but it's hard to avoid stories about your future after the World Cup as well. Has there been any progress since we last spoke to you during the Six Nations in terms of what you might do after Wales? No, I've had uh, quite a number of approaches from different sources, and so it's a matter of uh, making the right decision at the right time. So I'm just you know, weighing those things up. But really, to be honest, my, my whole focus is about the next uh, seven months, six, seven months, and, and Wales and the World Cup. And um, you know, I'm not too worried about whether I have a job or, or don't have a job for a while. We'll take a bit of a break, and I've spoken about that in the past. And um, you know, I'm a great believer in, in what will be, will be, and, and something you know potentially will turn up. What do you make of Robin McBride's move? Oh, it's fantastic for him. Great opportunity. You know, all I can say it's a, from my point of view, I think it's, it's disappointing. Great for him, but disappointing because I think you have for him it's a bit longer. I think it's about 13 years of uh, IP that's you know just all of a sudden left Wales and, and and gone over to probably our closest rivals. They have access now to all that that knowledge that he's gained over the last 12 or 13 years and. In terms of uh, knowledge about players and game plans and structures and how things were done, so from that point of view, it's disappointing. But from a, from a personal point of view, and and for him and, and having an opportunity and and having something post uh, Rugby World Cup is, uh, I think, it's great for him. Um, he's been a great servant for Wales as a, as a player and as a coach. Um, huge amount of respect for him and his integrity and, and his professionalism way and how hard he works in his, in his role so um, having that chance I know for a couple of coaches you know there has been a concern about what they were going to do post World Cup it's a pretty hard time to finish sort of mid-season and so for him to be able to pick up something I think it's great and then and hopefully the same opportunity will come along for Rob Howley as well. So we'll follow developments there too but now it's on to Judgment Day and a first ever win for the Dragons at the Principality Stadium. It took a late try by Locke Matthew Screech to seal victory. Yeah, over, over the moon, without to be fair. Boys um, dug really deep and worked really hard for each other. Proper, give the old, you know, the old Dragon's Mantle sort of dogged sort of performance out again. And I'm really proud of the boys, to be fair. Great second half. Yeah, no, it was good. We, we said at half-time the, that we felt like the set-piece was going for us if we could keep on with it. So, Kerry said about starting that for the second half and then just playing through the game and, and we did to be fair we come out guns blazing and uh, he was good two tries yourself yeah this one. Uh, yeah um, don't really score many tries um, but the first one I guess I could see everyone was falling open and it was just one or two people there so I just stabbed a couple of yards said Rod give it to me and, and, and just fell over really and the uh, second one it was quite similar really um, we went through a lot of phases together I could see a lot of boys just looking at the ruck, so I thought I'd just try and get on the old Coriel line and uh, try and score a try like that. But yeah, not good. What will this do for the Dragons finishing the season? Oh, it's, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's been a pretty tough season, really. There was a lot of belief after the Derby games, and we've had quite a lot of injuries. So to finish the, the season on another Derby win is great for us, and um, hopefully we can kick on now again next season. Yeah. And your first win on Judgment Day? Yeah, first win on Judgment Day um, is a great occasion. It's the best game of the year. and. Um, it's best it was a good one to win, especially against Scarlets. Yeah. So how nerve-wracking that was with the TML for the last few minutes? Oh, I thought they were um, 
looking at Shanxi for the try, and I, they, they always confuse us because we look quite similar. So I, I was trying to be like, that's not me, that's Shanxi. But the boys were trying to say that they were looking for a knock-on first of all, but typical, you know, they're trying to look at every single angle. I was glad we had the right decision in the end. Matthew, what about that first ten minutes of the second half? Turned the game on its head. Yeah, I know. Um, it was just like like I said, with Kai said, it's got scout there, guns blazing. Let's get the first ten minutes, everything will be gone. You know, we did, and we pulled away with a nice ten-point lead at one point. You know, we, we climbed pretty good there, and you know, we got to have that belief all the time. Um, it just shows what we can do. We've got a good squad, and it's got to believe, really. Scarlett said they were targeting a bonus point win against mm. you during the week. Did you use yeah. that as any kind of extra motivation? Um, not, not personally. Um, they need a bonus point for their Champions Cup hopes. They come in here to get a bonus point. Um, we come in here to do the same. We want to get a proper forwards game and get stuck into each other, and that's what I took out of it. I wanted a upfront sort of game, and because I thought we could win if we did that, and we did. The Scarlets did of the consolation of a Champions Cup playoff game place. But coach Wayne Pivak didn't have many other things to cheer him up. I'm obviously not pleased about it. We've got two points, which puts us in the same position as if we'd got four, funnily enough. So um, we're still alive. What were your thoughts on the Dragons winning try? What should it have stood? Oh, yeah, I think it was a try. Definitely. Um, I was more concerned about when we scored our last try to put the game to bed. Coming back, which is fine, and, and reviewing it, and uh, the decision, I'm not fussed with, but we're playing under penalty advantage, I thought, so I felt that it should have been a penalty to us. We kicked three points, eight points, is game over, but uh, we went with a penalty to them. So obviously, in the referee's mind, advantage was over, but would have liked to have had a crack at those three points to put ourselves eight clear. But you know, having said that, you don't deserve to win a game of rugby, I don't think, when you have... The first quarters of both halves that we had where we just uh, gave away points and didn't really start either half the way we would like to have you know um, the, the urgency and aggression wasn't there and that's disappointing we talked about it at half time and expected a better start to the half but uh, didn't get in of course that intercept try letting them go back to back put real pressure on us what do you make of the drivers today well, i thought they were very good you know that they always have been uh, an opponent like that for us uh, every year here i don't think there's been a, an easy performance and you know, we did what we normally do against them. We got our bonus point uh, try. The points that we conceded were the issue. You know, you have to take uh, the good with the bad, and we've had some very, very high highs uh, in the last couple of seasons, and just a frustrating season this season. I think that performance probably typified our season, really. Um, some great play and some poor play, and it's been a little bit frustrating for the players and management in that we consistently haven't, you know, put a side out on the park. and. But uh, we still should have been better than we were. And there were some games there like today that we could have and should have won from our perspective. Taking nothing away from the Dragons because they, they took their opportunities and played well. And certainly lifted their game from what they've been dishing out in previous weeks. What sort of shape do you think you leave the Scarlets in and all that? Oh, well, clearly you know the squad. You'll have Aaron Shingler next year, Covey, Blade playing together. That back row hasn't played one, one minute together this season. Jake Ball, essentially the back five of the scrum, has hardly played. Uh, which is guts of our game, the way we play. So, look, they're going to be uh, a strong side and we'll bounce back, I'm sure. We've just got to hope and pray that we uh, give them the opportunity to play on top flight because it's important for Welsh rugby that we have. Yeah. If we can get two, at least one into uh, Europe, it's important for Welsh rugby. It's in a slightly better state than when you picked it up, though, isn't it? Oh, look, I think so. Um, everyone will judge that for themselves. But, you know, clearly uh, when we arrived... Uh, we were sitting consistently fifth and sixth, and I think, you know, to win the championship, back that up with another finals year, semi-finals of Europe with the squad we had, and uh, the likes of, of the Lancers. Just frustrating to have the season we've had, but, you know, I think we showed it what we're capable of, of by uh, 
round two win over Leinster, but unfortunately unable to keep that side on the park. To answer your question, look, I think you know they've got a, a healthy squad and they get a few more boys on the park next season and it'll be a, a strong showing, I'm sure. The other game was a thriller as well, with the Ospreys edging out the Blues. Here's Ospreys captain Justin Tipperick and first coach Alan Clark. Quality, mentality, particularly in the second half when we played 20 minutes of it with 14 men. Tells you a lot about the group as a whole, uh, but obviously the boys in the field. It's a massive shift. and Not to single individuals out or different departments within our team, but I thought our tight five were magnificent. We're just happy to have done the job and you know continue this run of form that we're on. We were in absolute control of the game at 23-13, we felt. And for a couple of moments, we, we lost a couple of scraps and you know, those sim binnings then hurt us. So, yeah, there are things we can do better, but we're, we're chuffed with the performance overall. Justin, what sort of a game was it to uh, play in? Yeah, it was a tough game. Probably type of game planning wise, really, is... Um, a lot of territory going on and probably kicks and no chasing, a lot of hard work, probably unseen. We know how much of a threat the Blues are, especially first three phases, and we just had to try and play our game plan to, to stop them from scoring. How much does it mean to you to keep your season going now then? I obviously want to be in that uh, Champions Cup, especially a club like the Ospreys playing in the Challenge Cup isn't us probably which no no offence to the Challenge Cup but we want to be in the Champions Cup with with all the big boys and um, this gives us the opportunity now. Uh, you've been in a situation now for about four or five weeks where you've had to win every game one after another after another you're one more now you've got nothing in the tank to take you through that mentality thing? I said during the week there's been a tremendous buzz in the camp and yeah we've come up on the rails there's no doubt about that we spoke about it some weeks ago probably six weeks ago about what we needed to do however we addressed and approached each week one game at a time with the the focus on getting better enjoying each other's company getting the balance right between training well and performing on the field and it's all credit to the the boys i consider what they've gone through and i don't really want to hark on about it now but i've got the utmost respect for them and uh, for me, and we spoke about this beforehand, in terms of fight and honesty, they're as good a group of men as I've ever worked with, and that's carrying us through at the moment, along with the talent. There's undoubted talent within our squad, and you can see the confidence coming into us with some of the rugby we've been playing of late. Today, we had to show our resilience more than maybe our front foot rugby, in terms of that kick chase, that effort off the ball, that to backtrack and back each other up, particularly with 14 men for 20 minutes. and. As I say, we're absolutely delighted to come out with the spoils at the end. How much would it mean to you to secure a place then in the uh, Champions Cup for next season? First and foremost, it, it was about being in control of our own destiny, but I fairly believe in this group of players. I believe in the quality of the squad we have, particularly the top end of that. We know as a club that there are areas we need to improve upon, there are areas where we need to recruit, but. This group of players, this panel of players, we've selected 13 times now in the Pro 14. Only 13 times. We've actually won 11 games. That's up there with everybody in the Pro 14. Our issues and the development of us as a club, this isn't derogative to the other players during those international windows and the Monster away game. Quite simply, it's about bolstering some of our young players with some more experienced players, bolstering our experienced players who are here during international periods with some quality foreigners and that's all part of our recruitment strategy for the future. 
Blues forward Josh Turnbull was understandably disappointed. Uh, yeah, pretty tough to take. We were well in that game right up until the end. It's like having two opportunities the last couple of weeks taken away from us. It's really, really tough to take. A really difficult situation for, for both sides that so much depended on, on this game. I think the game was a pretty decent game in fairness. Both teams threw the ball around. Uh, the Ospreys kicked a lot as well. Fair calls either side of the ball as well, blocking. They had one, we had one. But again, I think you know both teams went to play because they wanted to score tries and they wanted to win that game. Um, it's just hard knowing that you're not going to have a, a crack. What about Gareth Hanscom's situation, obviously moving next season? Had a superb game apart from that one kick. Oh, I can't fault Gareth. He played really well today. He's been a credit to the Blues. You can't blame him for missing that kick. You know, if nine times out of ten he would have hit that, probably more pressure on that winning Bilbao last year. You know, he's made his decisions and what he's going to do, but, you know, he's a classy player and he's proved that all year, especially for Wales as well and for the Blues. And looking forward to next season, how much difference does it make to the region to be having a go at the Challenge Cup rather than the Champions Cup? I mean, the Challenge Cup has brought you good things in the past. Yeah, uh, twice winners of it, so, you know, I think we'll come together as a group and we'll back ourselves to go and, go and try to win it a third time. You know, it's not an easy competition to win because, you know, you look at this year, there's teams like Claremont and La Rochelle and then, you know, and Harlequins, big teams. And that's why you want, you want competitions to be um, competitive and we'll give it a good crack again next year. You're listening to the Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Some great stories and great finishes there too. First of all, where Abergavenny enjoyed a stirring comeback against Oakdale, player coach Nathan Thomas spoke to Liz Jones. Nathan, can you just sum up what it took to um, come back in the way you did and win in the dying moments? Uh, yes, uh, we've had this problem in previous rounds where we found ourselves behind the half time, so it was, it was nothing new for us. But what wasn't new today was the fact that we give penalty after penalty in the, in the beginning of the second half for the first 20 minutes. And um, Oakdale kept chipping away. They scored a couple of tries. They, they scored some kicks. And um, they just got away from us. And um, we were a little bit flat behind the, uh, the try line at times with 20 minutes to go. Uh, we were fortunate we scored a quick try to get back and give us some hope. And then for some reason we just started playing the ball a bit wider and, and um, they've got a very good defence all day but they were starting to get a little, little bit narrower as the time went on to give us a bit more space and then some of our key players like our fullback Nathan Williams Anthony Squire Nathan Byrne came off the bench the left winger and I think he scored two tries and, and what an occasion that was for him we just sort of I, I don't know how we got back in it but we were there at the very death and we had a chance and um, we decided to go for it and what does it mean to the town and everyone who has come out to support you today? You could see the scenes there to win the National Bowl. Yes, to be honest, you're focusing on the game. You don't notice too much. But after about 60 minutes when we were in a dark place, I think there was an injury with a second row. It may have been 10 minutes to go. We just heard the crowd, the Abergavenny crowd. It felt like not a full stadium, but it felt like there was so many people there. And I think that sort of gave us another spur and injection to finish off the game as strong as we could. And for yourself, special as well. You you didn't get to play here for Wales, but you it's something special today. Oh uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Like you think your your career has been over for such a long time, and uh, you just get another ignition of uh, enthusiasm from a 
great gr- group of boys. I've sort of adopted Abergavenny as my hometown in the last 15 years. And to go out there today with, with those boys and, and have that belief amongst each other to go for it at the very end when we could have just settled for a draw, uh, it's brilliant. So what dreams made up for these boys out there with you today? Oh, yeah, just behind the scenes, there are so many passionate people. We've got Hugh Bevan, the chairman. He's got his family, one of his boys within the squad. His other boy has uh, just come back playing recently. Die James, the treasurer. They put so much work in. They've turned around full kit for us. Uh, they made us look smart today coming out uh, within a six-week or five-week turnaround since Nankaredig. There's Belinda in the club as well, who's organised 13 buses, over 600 people, I think it is. So they're just grafting away in the, in the background. So the people behind the scenes and the players and the community, it's been brilliant for everyone. And rugby's clearly thriving in, in the town. Oh, yeah, we've, we've got a, a mini as a junior section. Just missing out on a girls' team at the moment, and hopefully we can get that back going. And I, I think the drive has got to try and be the, the best community club in Wales. Brilliant, well done. Yeah, thank you very much. Another former Wales back rower, Andy Powell, played a big part in helping to coach Brecon, his hometown club. They too enjoyed a thrilling win, this time against Bonamine in the plate. Afterwards, he too spoke to Liz Jones. So, Andy, talk us through the emotion of that this afternoon? Well, it was like a roller coaster ride, really. We, we were so dominant in the first half, and you know, I didn't think Bonamine were living with us at one stage, but we didn't take our opportunities, probably. We probably should have finished them in the first half, and fair dues to them. They come back and they gritted it out, but uh, we were well, lucky enough that he missed that kick. It's horrible, but I've been on that losing side as well sometimes, and it's a horrible feeling, but I think we deserved to win overall. You got into the game quicker, really? Yeah, we did. And I think, yeah, out of the blocks a lot quicker, and I think they were like rabbits in the headlights at one point, but fair dues to them, they come right back at us and it could have gone either way at the end. And uh, so proud of my boys who stuck at it. Do you have what it means for the coaching team players and the rest of the club? Well, I think just everybody involved in the club, all the hard work we've done on and off the field. And I think, you know, times like this, it goes to show that, you know, them little one percenters do make a difference. And yeah, it's just, it's just a surreal feeling. I've had some serious highs and lows in my career and... I think this is right up there when I get my first cap and playing for the Lions and beating you know, New Zealand for the Barbarians, so it's right up there. What are the different emotions and what have you learned from today as a coach? I think as a player, you can only control on the field, it's in your hands, but as a coach, you prepare the boys to the best ability for the weeks building up to it, but then as the game unfolds, it's not in your hands, so you know what to do, you know what to say and the direction where the ball's going to go, but... You can say to the boys, but they have to do it themselves, and that's the difference. So, you know, that, it was a, I think Matthew J. Watkins is pulling his hair out, and I couldn't stand it next to him at the end because he was doing my head in. So, but um, I was quite calm, a bit nervy, um, but that's a great win. Well, for rugby in Brecon, it's done a huge amount of good. Yeah, it's just massive, and I think, you know, Abergavenny, the way they come back, um, yeah, I tell you, there's a lot of talent about, and I just think people need to come up and watch some of our games because there's so much talent which could go along further. Like, look at Jay Crockett. Yeah, he could probably go a lot further. So there's a few of our, like Captain Ewan as well. So we'll enjoy the night, enjoy tomorrow, and then back to reality then Wednesday when we play Cumbrand down there. So it is what it is. We'll enjoy it though. And how are you looking to celebrate? Well, we've got a tractor trailer book tomorrow. So we're going to go around all the pubs and half a beer in each one, then back to the club and yeah, have a wild one. Oh, well done, all the best. Well, it's like playing for Wales. Well, I had a wild one every once. So it's no different to there. So, hey, thank you very much. And the cup final was, yes, you've guessed it. A close run, thrilling affair, with Cardiff ending the double-double hopes of Merthyr. We'll hear from Merthyr coach Dale McIntosh shortly, but first Cardiff's Steve Law. Steve, 
first cup win for Cardiff in 22 years. Is that sinking yet? Yeah, it's, it's tremendous for everyone involved in Cardiff RFC and a club steeped in history and the boys work really hard, it's not given to you, so they work really hard and they thoroughly deserve what they got, the coaches and the players and all the supporters and everybody involved. What do you put that performance down to out there this afternoon? There's a lot of talent on our field, there's a lot of talent and it's a good side and I think the, the actual character shown to make a good side is part of the equation why we're successful they work very hard for each other bolted onto the ability Merthyr have been they were double champions but how did you break them down today do you feel? I think we were tactically decent with our kicking we scored a couple of nice tries off set plays and without the ball we were very good for long periods I mean we, we defended heroically at times and uh, on another day against another side Merthyr might have scored a few points and what does it mean for the team, the coaches and all the club involved in this win? It's a huge result. It's a huge day. It's, everybody wants to enjoy the day and we enjoy a lot more when you win. Still the league yet to be decided? Well, now is enjoyed the day. Really enjoyed the day. Everyone as a group. And back to work next week and Ebervale on Saturday. Dea McIntosh, what do you put that uh, performance down to today and not quite uh, doing enough to get in the win today? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I can't take anything away from Cardiff. They defended exceptionally well when they needed to. Uh, I thought we put them under a lot of pressure and we definitely had our opportunities. It wasn't to be, you know, I think we lacked a bit of detail in relation to our attack at times and our shape, but I thought um, since Gethin's come to Cardiff, he's really installed a really... Uh, a real strong defensive attitude. Um, they seem to embrace uh, defence uh, unlike they were perhaps uh, before he came. But probably for myself, defensively, you know, we, we fell off a couple of really poor tackles. I think Tom Daly went through two of our players and uh, Terry G missed an uncharacteristic tackle, which meant obviously they went over. So that's disappointing, but in saying that, as I say, it's about 80 minutes of rugby, you know, and collating that 80 minutes. So again, I can't take anything away from Cardiff. Your attention will turn now back to the league and making sure you uh, get the double there. Yeah, you know, um, we're pretty disappointed, you know, obviously, you know, but, you know, someone's got to lose. You don't have to uh, accept it, but uh, you've got to understand that it happens. So we've got to tighten up as a group, which we will, and uh, look forward to hopefully trying to secure the league. Um, but it will be tough. Uh, we know that. We know the opposition and and the task we've got in front of us, but um, I'm sure after today we'll kind of... Uh, It'll add a bit of steel to our, our chase. So that's it for this week's Principality Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Still plenty to come this season, but until next week, goodbye.